are at the Abbey of St. Markovia and listening to Curse of Stradania, the Legends of Aventris podcast. Last time, the Ezran expedition received my message of fury, hate, and bloodlust, as well as one could expect. With their precious Irina Kolyana protected from my power, they took their brief victory and returned to the Abbey. It's here that they encountered the horrible fleshy experiments and projects of the Abbot, and had to fight their way back to the fallen angel. Now that they face this otherworldly mind, tainted by corruption, we shall see if this ends without more death. This episode is brought to you by our generous supporters on Patreon. You can become a patron yourself by following the link in the show notes. We are eternally grateful for your support. With that out of the way, let us proceed with the conclusion of Chapter 9, Among Monsters. His head slowly raises as he makes eye contact with all of you. And then Irina, you are, you are here to assist me, I believe. Yes, but not in the way that you are thinking of. I asked you not to come back. Yes, but we needed to come back. But you have brought me the bride. That's right. She is right here. But And now she has the soul in her. This will do nicely. I believe that you believe that you are doing the right thing. I believe that you believe that you are a good man. I am. I was a good man. You can be again. When this land is cured of its curse, morning Lord will bring me back into his warm embrace. And I can do that. The bride. No. And now that the soul is intact, the love can flow through them. You have done me great on my mind. I must lie. We think there's another way, Abbot. We don't believe that sacrificing Irina to Shredani. We never sacrifice the bride. No, but. I we believe we have reason to believe that Stradania will sacrifice her. Yes, that Stradania will do brave, evil things with her. No, of course. She would never not to the love of her love. We should help. She needs a dress, don't you think? We can't send her to the Countess and that. Now look, the dress is not important. She and he pulls up all these notes and you see sketches of dresses. Actually, I cannot deliver her in this state. She needs finery. She does not need to go anywhere. You have been tricked. You have been deceived by the Countess. I know. The curse Long will, ago. The curse will not be lifted by you delivering, delivering Irina to her. I've seen it in my mind. The hallucinations, it's not real. My mind. Every day in this land my mind falls apart. But I've seen it, and I know that the clarity that I need, I know it. I believe it. 
How about we don't? Sarnix, I need you to roll an Arcana check for me. I'm staring this motherfucker down. And I'm occasionally, like, looking over to Shepard, like, and I'm looking down to his, his hand and making sure that it's on one of his... You can, you can see that he seems to be shaking. He's both nervous and excited, exhilarated, um, hopeful. 17? You are looking at him, and you see the way he's moving, and you realize that he is... That this isn't the Deva that you'd expected. This isn't the mind of a Deva, though you don't know much about them. There is an affliction on this entity, a madness, a curable madness. And he he picks up his quill and he begins he begins to draw and he he's drawing the body of Arena, but there are no stitches. There are no malformed pieces. She's beautiful. She's perfect. His, his artistic skills are incredible as he draws her in this beautiful wedding dress. And he's next to her. He begins to draw the likeness of Stradania and her beautiful regalia also in a wedding dress, but a wedding dress of red. And as he begins to draw, you, you see that he starts to sketch the villages, the sun shining. Now, love, it will bring... Peace to this land. The morning lord will shine his light on everything. I've done it. We, we have done it. We have found a way to cure the land. I can see it now. And he, you see as he begins to twitch and his body is moving in a strange way, but he seems emboldened, renewed, almost as if, if he knows that by taking her and delivering her to Stradania, he will have cracked the code. That's okay. As I see this, and I make this understanding, I'm going to step forward as my my uh, lantern is going to flare, and I'm going to cast daylight in the center of this room. This morning light, fallen angel, is this what you wish to see? As I'm going to use to make my voice boom. He waves. He waves his hand at you. Anyone with power can make fake light. The morning moon's sun does not shine on this land. Your redemption. Will not until, until we cure it. Your redemption does not lie in here at the hands of a devil. Do you not see this in your madness, angel? She has tricked you. Yes, she has. She has led you down the path of treachery and evil. You have turned countless... Why do you think I am trying to build the bride? Because... If I can reunite her with her lost love, then all that I have done will have been worth it. No, the ends do not justify the means. Your redemption does not lie in her hands. It lies in her hands. And I'm going to point to Irina. Yes, it does. But it will be through the death of the Countess. The destruction of all she the She cannot evil. die here. You're, you're insane if you think she can. Do you not know of the dark powers that gave her the life that she lives? Do you not know of what this world is around you? Ignorant, all of you, ignorance. But we know where the artifacts of light are that will be able to purge her darkness, to dispel it back from whence it came. For a time. 
Are you looking for a band-aid to the problem? Band-aids exist. Are you looking for a bandage to the problem? Or are you looking for a, are you looking for a solution? You know nothing. You know nothing at all. You walk through this land thinking you are wise. I am of a time immemorial. I know far more than you ever will. She will bring salvation to this land. I am not as wise as my god. But she needs a dress. She cannot bring her to the countess. Without I'd, a dress. I'd like to so. step forward seeing that he's like distracted by his mm-hmm. papers. And I, is there like a seat near his desk that he's at? Or? He's at a table. There are tons of seats. I want to um, yes. sit. I'll sit across from him. And I'm the, the table's like nine feet. So he's at the head. You'd be like nine feet away. So you have to sit next to him. I will. I will sit next to him while he's scuttering about his notes. And. I will. Thank you, Band-Aid, for sponsoring our channel. Uh, <laughs> Band-Aid, yes. Thank, thank you, you. Uh, the Band-Aid company. Uh, thank you. An adhesive bandage <laughs> to the situation. Abbott, I don't think this is the way to go about it. I, we know what kind of man you once were. And I take out the journal and I put it in front of him, wherever he's located. He looks at it for a second. Oh. Thank you. And he grabs it. He opens it up to the last page and he begins to write. Uh, I'm gonna... Go to, the go. bride has finally been brought to me. We are nearing the end. I'm gonna, My I'm mind gonna, is on. foggy and I feel as if I can't breathe. I feel as if I cannot see, but I know if I, if I finish this, if, if I can only... If, if I can only think in ellipses, tons of ellipses, a dress, yes, a dress, the best dress... The most beautiful dress, a gown, it's all she needs, ellipses. I can do this, I can save this land. I know, I can right the wrongs that I've... I can right the foul, the arrow of my way. I can do this, ellipses. I'm gonna put my hand on his hand. If I may shed some light, Abbott, and I will attempt, while he's finished writing with the ellipses, I'll try to flip him to the first page of his journal. If you will allow me to. Remember why you are here, Abbot. I know why I'm here. But I'm going we... to rid the land of the evil that is Stradonia, and I know how to do it. Let us help you, Abbot. Yes, so you will get the dress. We will do something better. We will rid the land of Stradonia. We don't need Irina in this equation. We will slay her for you. He so looks at you with a sadness. All of you. Mortals. Idiots. She is immortal. You cannot kill her. Your plan is to walk in there with your trinkets and your bombs and to slay her. She will but return. And then who? Many will slay her time and time again. You think you you are the only ones. No. You will not accomplish that. I know. I know I can do this. But all we need is a dress. So, uh, Miss Victoria, if this goes south, I apologize. Uh, how's this one for a dress? Uh, it is too dark. It too, is too dark. Too dark. We need to give. It needs to be light. A, a wedding dress. Step out of it, man! Argumentum, and I cast the spell magic on him. 
Roll for it. Let's report. Uh, I am going to use a lucky die. Uh, 23. You reach your hand out and you, um, See if this one work. So I don't know if this is going to work, but 23 with dispel, even a ninth level spell. But it's, it's dispel. but dispel magic. It's the spell. I don't so want to, I don't want to like give away the, oh, I mean, it's one of those things that's like, I, you know what? I will, I will, I will allow it. You reach out and you do this. And you see for a moment as he shakes his head. And he writes himself. I still have my hand on his hand. He waves your hand away. Okay. Abbott, hear me. He looks at you and there's, 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 is this if he's finally seeing you for the first time? Is it gone? Are you okay? The madness. Now, you are ignorant. You cannot kill Shredonia, not in this land. But I have been just as ignorant, just as bad. He looks at Irina and their eyes make contact. You are protected, child. But you house the soul of Tatiana. If she finds a way to get hold of you, you will be lost to all of us. Not just the soul, but now her memories as well. You are a powerful weapon. There is more in you than you know. And she looks at him with a bit of fear on her face. A bit of realization. She swallows hard and she nods and she doesn't say anything to him. I have committed atrocities. All for the hope of doing, bringing good. Who am I to know what is good for man? Who am I to know? I will pay those crimes and I have. But I want nothing more and to serve the Morning Lord, and to bring his glory and the sunlight upon this land. I will help you. I will help you if I can. And you will begin by purging the wickedness you have wrought from this place. It may have been some time since you've been able to clearly see what has happened. I think now that you've... My memory is fragmented, splintered. I push the journal on the first page closer to him. He pushes it away from me. I can't. Not now. Okay. As he looks up at all of you, we have a lot to discuss. Okay. The abbot looks out at all of you. You are misguided. Sit. We need to talk. As much that we need to discuss. Yes, of course. Gladly. What, what is your plan? You all sit around the table with him and he moves his notes together and you see a look of disgust on his face as he sees the, the mad ramblings of who he had been um, moments ago as he stacks them up and pushes them to the side. 
Before we continue, I just I need to ask, are you aware that I just dispelled some form of madness off your brain? Or your mind? Whatever it is. I gauged as much. Okay, just... Was it something that came slowly upon you from the land, or do you think that Strahd, perhaps? I'm not sure. It could be both, but I think if I were being the most true to myself, it just was the land brought it on me. Are you aware of the evil atrocities you have committed? I believe that being in the land has made my mind, my celestial body, they're at odds, at war with each other. He looks away from you. He doesn't even deem to answer your question. Yes, yes, and we can make everything right now. But you are saying that you still believe that Shradanya cannot die here. I know that Shradanya cannot die here. Why not? The dark powers forbid it. The dark powers that gave her the magic that she has now. There are a lot of people that believe that she's killed. There are a lot of people that have tried. And none have succeeded. No, none have succeeded. Can you tell us more about this dark magic? I don't know more about the dark magic. I know that the dark powers... They exist swimming in the mists that surround Barovia, waiting to corrupt the souls of the innocent people. We've they, been... Sorry. They've given Shradanya this land, locked her within it. They've given her her powers, but in doing so, have made her their prisoner. She wants nothing more than to break free from them. I believed, and may still do, that with true love she could come to see that she could be a benevolent ruler. I have to believe it, but I'm not as sure anymore as I was. May I discern, does he, is the act, the belief that she could be saved and be good, is that the lingering madness tainting it, or is it like, oh, shoot, I'm an angel, and I still think this is the case. Roll a, um, roll an inside check. Mmm, I'm pretty good. Maybe it is, I don't know what that inside is. Ooh, uh, 17. You, there's definitely still, um, his mind is still foggy from the lingering madness, but as he said, he, he, that is what he had believed. He still believes it, but he's not as sure as he had been. He'd been 100% sure while he was mad, but now it's more of a hope. It's more of a, a dream that if she could fall in love, she could be, um, she could rule this land as a just ruler. But I would say you can tell that he is saying this more from a, a position of hope Got than it. from any real knowledge that Got he it. may have or insight that he may have. Angel, do you even know the nature of the dark power? You are a being of the celestials, the upper planes. Do you know the nature of, of the darkness? We see nothing no. but darkness. I do not, but there is an old temple 
of wizards and mages. The Amber Temple in its vast libraries, I have no doubt there could be knowledge of these dark powers. The Amber Temple. You mentioned that in your journal. Yes. Um, I had, at one point in my life, intended to venture to the Amber Temple. Well, as you saw here, my work was never finished. You had gained knowledge from Vasily von Holtz, which was actually Strahd in disguise. And I think you mentioned that that knowledge came from the Amber Temple. Another corrupted location by Strahd herself, perhaps? I've never been. Do you know where it is? If I had a map, I could show you. Do we have a map? I will say Curio, my case will open up and the map will come shoot up halfway. I'll grab it and I will unfurl it over the table. This, I believe, is all of Barovia. So you're suggesting we may be able to learn more about these dark powers that bind Strahd here at the Amber Temple. It's down there at the bottom. It's the light blue. It is an ancient temple. Its libraries are vast, and those that once inhabited the place are mages and wizards of great renown. In that library, I have no doubt there is information that could assist you, but I cannot tell you exactly what you will find there. Would there be information at the Amber Temple that would assist you in restoring glory to the Abbey? Yes. I have no idea. Would that help you? I need to clean this place, cleanse it. I will begin to do so. From there, I will work a day at a time, fight against the ever-encroaching madness of my mind. When you say you need to cleanse this place, do you mean the Mongols? No, I do not. They are hideous to look at, but... Those that were successful in the transformations have hearts, have minds, have souls. The others are ravenous, mere animals. They will be disposed of. The few that survived they will not take their life from them. Yes. They are like my children now. Nurses, will this be a safe place for the people of Crest to come for proper healing? Once my work is finished, this will be a beacon of hope for Crest. I Will the abominations, the amalgams of flesh, will they be destroyed? They will, and disposed of. Angel. He reaches out and grabs your hands. Wait. You may ask a favor of me for what you have done for my mind. A favor? What What are the limits of the favor? The limits are whatever I'm capable of. Well, it's quite sudden. I'm not sure what I should ask. 
I will ask my fellow expedition members what we think. It does not need to be now. But I do need to thank you. Yes, yes. Let me let me get back to you. There may be something that I ask of you, but recover now. Clean this place. Make I it. might ask, there's an elderly gentleman in the infirmary. He's, he's quite sick. If there's anything you can do to help him. I will make my way up. I will heal him. I may also suggest the people of Kresk would look up to you if they saw that man return. Every person they've sent here has never come back. I quite feel they may, it may I bring keep hope. no one here against their will. Oops. It may bring hope upon the village to cleanse them of this sickness if they see the, the old man returning because of your good graces. I will not keep him against his will, nor will I force him home if he does not wish to go. Angel, I am surprised you have returned to reason. And I... As am I. I do not believe redemption comes easily, but perhaps your morning lord shall be the light for the lost and the meek. I offer a potential place of respite for you in your times of rest. There is a garden not far from here. Are you aware of the hallowed grounds of Sergei? No, not to Sergei, of the Morning Lord. Yes, ah. I am aware of the garden. Is that not a place of respite from the madness? Not for me. And truly this place is even more evil than I had presumed. My celestial body is in direct opposition to the horror of this land. This land works on my mind. Unlike it would on your simple human brains, or lizard brains, as it were. Even more simple, I fear. <laughs> Professor, I'm going to take you aside for a moment. Yes, yes. Perhaps the favor that we could ask is to help him progress. We know that he has the power to return their son to Now that the cloudiness of his mind has been lifted, Perhaps you would see that as a, a great way to help these people. Just in their dress. It is a wonderfully thoughtful request. I believe he has offered to do that on his own volition. Is that the case? They're off to the side. Oh, you can't oh, hear that. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> but for, to answer your question, he offered that while he was mad in exchange for a dress. Oh, okay. I've got that. I believe that is definitely one option. I believe once we uh, allow the the abbots to gain, get some rest and clean up this place, we can discuss whether we ask that, perhaps it's allowing the... Yes, or maybe let uh, our favor could be allowing the children to come here and Irina to stay. That's true. Uh, or maybe there are other options, but we can discuss once we are in privacy, perhaps before we retire. Yes. All right. We'll return to the Abbas, do you prefer that we continue addressing you as such? Yes. Do you have a name that we have? Like None I will give to you. Very well. There's our name. Especially for one such as I. See now. No disrespect, Max. 
Is there anything I or we can do to help cleanse the Abbey of St. Bartholomew? You've done enough. Yeah. I will have you take this. And he stands up and moves towards the mantelpiece. You see as he, above it, there is a large, um, there's a large painted with a gilded frame in it. It's a painting of uh, St. Markovia herself, adorned in white robes, the radiant blazing um, symbols of the, of the morning Lord. Um, all about her her cloth robes. She looks beautiful, serene, almost celestial herself. And as he moves it aside, you see a small um, a small indentation in the wall where he brings out an elaborate box. And he he brings it over and carved into the wood are the symbols of the moon, symbol of the morning lord itself. So he brings it over to you. He takes a key from around his neck and slips it into, into the lock of the chest and pops it open. Inside, you see a nearly ancient thigh bone, decorated, gilded with gold and silver, inlaid with gems. This is the last remnant we have of St. Markovia herself. Thibault, and he pulls it from the box. It radiates with a golden light. As he hands it out to you, I would like for you to have it. Ah, oh, this is quite an honor. What? Am, am, am I desecrating it by, by touching it? I'm giving it to you. I will take it. May it serve you well. Yes, thank you. This may help in the fight against Fredania. With all due respect, Abbot, and other travels, we have been told to retrieve the bones of the saint and return them to keep that they once belonged. Will this go against the cleansing of the Abbey of St. Markovia if we remove her bones from this land? No. I. Teva, I have the power to cleanse the earth in this land. And I will begin here at the Abbey. Take it. Use it in your fight. Find the Abbey Temple. Gain the knowledge that you need. May I take it with the box that you threw it from to keep it safe? He looks at the box and there's a sense of hesitation. But he closes it and hands it to you. Thank you. Can I insight check him to infer if I feel like by taking the bones, this is kind of going against everything that we know, that this may not cause it to be like hollow ground if he were to perform his rituals, like just based off of what Kana would know? I don't know how much Kana would know about religious stuff, but I would say you're with, you've been with Sarnax long enough, you know that making something hollow doesn't necessarily require bones. There's actual spells that clerics can use okay. called hollowed, which creates hollowed ground. Right, right. And with his ability as a deva, a celestial being, I would say you would easily be able to know that he can, he could, now that he's no longer mad, he could put his hands on this ground and make the entire place hollow. Okay. That he wouldn't need that bone to, to do it. Would you like us to return this to you when this is all over? Should you survive? Yes. Return it here. 
to the Abbey of the Namesake. Very well, you will. Thank you. Thank you. We should get some rest. It's the middle of the night. Uh, I suppose we shouldn't stay here. Maybe we may we... stay, if you like, in the filth of this place. Would that be all right to you? Would that be disrespectful to St. Marcovia? It's not disrespectful to the saint for you to stay here. Not in its current state. You've brought good. But I have a lot of work to do. This is the only audience I will grant you for now. You have questions, or you want me to assist you. Then you must do it now. I have a lot of work to do. And I am not at your beck and call. Would we be permitted to return here if we gain more information from the Amber Temple? You may arrive whenever you like, but I am not at your beck and call. It's not guarantee an audience. We would not assume such things from a divine celestial being. I offer my services in purging the darkness from this place if you wish, but I do not presume to assert that. Keep your strengths. Very well. I will clean the mess I have made. Now, do you have any questions for me? Or are you ready to ask the favor? May I have one moment with my expedition, please? Please. And he walks to the far end of the room again and stares up at the image of St. Marcovia and the effigies of the Morning Lord, and he begins to pray. Well, what are you thinking? I think we have two options. One is, as Victoria suggested, that we ask him to resurrect the son of the Burgomaster, mm. as he promised originally, now in a, with a clean mind, and gives this place some hope for a future. Our second option is to allow this place to house orphans, to allow Irina to maybe stay here and turn this place into more than just an abbey, but an orphanage, perhaps a school. They could bring quite a bit of light to this land. Perhaps a third option. I don't know the extent of Abbot's powers, but being a celestial being, perhaps he could help us travel the great distance we have to go to the temple. Would I know that, like, teleportation is more of a arcane thing than a divine thing? Or... The teleportation's arcane, yeah, you know that. Okay. Oh. Uh, perhaps he could, but it may not be within his ability, and even then, I, I worry of using a favor for us to save ourselves from travel. I, I'd like to use our favor for, for the greater good, as it were. Um, well, any thoughts? Please, tell me what you think. Shepard? I mean, as it stands now, the kids that we know of are in a fine place. The father's looking after them. And it just seems wrong to deny somebody Life. I would hope 
that the abbot would, out of the goodness of his heart, just bring the poor man's son back. But if it takes us cashing in the favor, then I think that that's what we have to do. I just, I don't know how we could just start a, 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 an orphanage or, or designate this place for something else when we know that there's, there's somebody whose life was promised. I don't know much about celestial beings, Davis, but it's a bit strange, don't you think? What if you worded it as if it were all one favor? Do this with this. Do you think you would catch on? I don't want to attempt to deceive him, but perhaps we could ask for it all as well one request. If your favor is all of it in one. Perhaps we include it as a package. He wishes to make... What's the town that we're in? Oh my god. Kresk. If he wishes to make Kresk a beacon of hope in a land of darkness, perhaps there are several facets of that. Resurrecting the son of the Burgomaster, as well as providing a safe haven for we, the lost and the meek. We could call it the, your favor. It could be to protect the children of Barovia, and in doing so, you would like for him to resurrect. The, the child, he was much up about a mere boy, and to provide an orphanage, etc., for those that are lost. He called himself a shepherd. Sounds like a good the flock. What's, what's the worst that could happen? He says no. Would you... He could kill us on the spot. Would you be willing to stay here with the children? I would, if you would allow it. This place is horrible. It could use a woman's touch. All right. We will see what happens. Abbott! And I will walk towards, uh, towards his side of the He, his head slowly comes up, and as he turns around, his eyes are glowing with a, a vibrant, golden light, pupilless. It's almost as if wisps of pure gold are spilling forth from them. Yes. All favor, if you would will it, is to turn this abbey into a beacon of hope for the children and for the future. And that request has two parts. One is that you resurrect the fallen son, the Burgomaster. Mm. Uh, Dmitry Kreskov. Dmitry Kreskov's son, Ilya. To give this chance, this this place a chance to have a future burgomaster to take up the reins and one that is raised under the light of Saint Markovia. And the second part would be to turn this abbey into an orphanage, a school, sanctuary. and a sanctuary for 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 children of Kresk and Barovia. Roll of persuasion. This little guy rolls pretty well for me. Yeah, he's a little fella. That's pretty good. Uh, let's just roll with that. Uh, 17. It's pretty good. He looks at you, and as he opens his mouth to speak, you see swirling tendrils of golden light whipping back and forth around him, almost as if every bit of his being is radiating with celestial <coughs> energy. Thank you. I have prayed to my God, and he has found me worthy. I will grant you 
this that you wish. I will save what I can. And he bursts with a radiant light. The entire room is filled with what feels like pure sunlight as it's spilling forth from him. As he's saying this word, sunlight is beaming out of his mouth. Everywhere you look, it's almost hard to look at him. It's the very core of him is almost a, a pure white light. He looks around as he begins to chant and chant, and you weren't necessarily expecting whatever this was. But then, just as he finishes, through the windows, pure sunlight. In the dead of night, pure sunlight breaks through the windows through the panes of glass as they, sh as they show you the, the images of St. Markovia and the Morning Lord all over the floor. The ground is hollow now. St. Markovia and the Morning Lord have blessed this place, and through the fog and through the mist, the sun will shine here eternally, and he bursts forth this brilliant glow of pure sunlight. You are all in online. <laughs> oh my god! Yes! So take your time to level up. I'm going to kneel down and just kind of shake my head in awe. And I'll say to myself, thank you, Lord. And I'm as he moves pray. forward, the radiance of him has not stopped. He is finally um, infused with the power of the morning Lord. And with every step that he takes, bursts of sunlight appear on the ground where his feet touch. It's almost as if he's floating as he walks. The etherealness of, etherealness of it is unlike anything you've ever seen. As he walks past you, the faint scent of morning, of morning dew can be smelt as he moves forward. It's almost as if he is the, the physical representation of the morning as he walks forward and takes his seat at the table. Which right. will be done. Thank you, Abbot, for restoring balance and good to this place once more. No. Thank you for ridding my mind of the madness that was consumed, for showing me the wrongs, the atrocities I have committed, for showing me the true path. I only hope you're smart enough to complete what you have started. We saw the good in you, and we knew that you could be saved. Many before you would not have shown me that grace. I did not. The morning lord will reward you, and he has a gift. The fiber of St. Markovia. Let it lead you on your path and help you when the darkness kills daylight. Is it still light outside? It's almost as night. if rays of sun are just shining down all over the abbey. You're truly humbled. Thank you. I am, above all else, angel, a servant of the light. And in this instance, I saw nothing but darkness that should be purged away 
in destructive fire, but it seems that even in the darkest midnight, there is hope of redemption. And I'll look towards Shepard. Uh, and I'll look back. Forgive me for doubting the power of your Lord of Light. This land needs all of the gods of light and fire it can get. That'll hang my head. Now, I have much to attend to. Sleep. And have trail of horror ahead of you. Tread slowly. Tread carefully. Or you'll find nothing but death. Abbot, now that the grounds have been restored, and they're hollow once more, would it be alright if Irina stayed here with you? He looks at Irina again, and he seems uncertain for a moment. I need help. I will allow it. I will do my best to keep her safe. While she remains on these grounds, Sir John, you cannot touch her. He looks at her one more time, a little more deeply, now with the clarity of his mind. No. She could not touch her, no matter where she treads. I suspected. Well, Irina, we'll bring the children as soon as we can. Let's get some rest. Good night. Good night. I will sit down, and before bed, I would just like to kind of reflect. I'll say you make your way back up through the room. Cloven is still playing. He's completely drunk to this point, um, so much so that he doesn't even notice as you make your way into the room. And you make your way out on the ramparts and back into the room where guards normally would have slept, where you found the healing potion. This was the room that was the cleanest. And um, though the beds there are old, and some of them are crushed and, and destroyed with age, there were a few of them at least that looked like they could make good beds for sleeping. Before bed, I would like to just kind of uh, inspect and reflect on the thigh bone to learn its properties. You take an hour with the thigh bone. St. Marcovius thigh bone is the properties of a mace of disruption. If it scores one or more hits against a vampire or a vampire spawn in the course of a single battle, the thigh bone crumbles into dust once the battle concludes. Under the magical sunlight emanating from the Abbey of St. Markovia. As you spend time with it, you begin to hear the whispers. Almost as if a long-dead sage is telling you a story. As a youth, Markovia followed her heart and became a priest of the Morning Lord soon after her 18th birthday. She proved to be a charismatic proselytizer, and before the age of 30, she had gained a reputation for allowing no evil to stand before her. Markovia had long considered Strahd a mad tyrant, but only after her transformation into a vampire did she dare to challenge her. As she rallied her followers and prepared to march on Castle Ravenloft, Strahd sent a group of vampires spawn to her abbey. They confronted Markovia and were destroyed to a one. So fused with confidence born of the righteous victory, Markovia advanced on Castle Ravenloft. A great battle raged from the catacombs to the parapets. In the end, Markovia returned to Barovia, and Strahd only afterward walked with a limp and a grimace of pain. 
It is said that she trapped Markovia in a crypt beneath her castle, and her remains linger there yet. The essence of Markovia's saintliness passed partly into her bones and the rest of her body decomposed. Her remaining thigh bone is imbued with power that inflicts grievous injury on the undead. What a badass. Holy shit. So, for the Mace of Disruption, when you hit a fiend or an undead with a magic weapon, that creature takes an extra 2d6 radiant damage. If the target has 25 hit points or fewer after taking this damage, it must succeed on a DC 15 saving throw or be destroyed. On a successful save, the creature becomes frightened of you until the end of your next turn. Mm -hmm. While you hold this weapon, it sheds bright light in a 20-foot radius and dim light for an additional 20 feet. Proficiency with the mace allows you to add your proficiency bonus to the attack roll for any attack you make with it. But if it hits a... Vampire so basically, once spawn. you use it on a vampire vampire spawn, at the end of that battle, it crumbles into dust. End of the battle. Yes, so it's not yeah. like you only get to hit it once. You could use it. I got you it. could essentially save it and use it against Strahd. Yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Andy. So now, you are in the evening, you are back in this room, you are all together. You now have all of this information that you've learned. I am going to... Pull out a Gross. twig, <laughs> a, another piece of edelwood. Mm-hmm. Rather than a little twig, it's actually going to be like a side of bark, nice and thick and hefty. You actually see a kind of a little, little bit of a wailing face on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take ten minutes staring into the fire before I throw it in. And as I'm going to gaze into the fire, I'm going to say, "Garrix, Fire Lord, I feel your warmth." I feel your gaze. I believe our future lies intertwined with that of the one known as the other mother. But I believe there is more to her than we know or anyone in Barovia knows. Do you have guidance? Tell me it's lore. I can't say magic lore. <laughs> no, I just talked about this. <laughs> Legend of lore. Legend lore. Legend lore. So tell me what it does again, because I fucking hate you. I'm sorry. We're gonna, this yeah, is when you get perfect. to us. Neighbor, describe a person, place, or object. The spell brings your mind to a brief summary of the of the significant lore about the thing you name. The lore might consist of current tales, forgotten stories, or even secret lore that hasn't been widely known. Nope. Has never right. been has never been widely known. Right. If the thing you named isn't of legendary importance, you gain nothing. Uh, the more information you the more information you already have about the thing, the more and precise and detailed the information you receive is. The information you learn is accurate, but might be couched in figurative language. For example, if you have a mysterious magical axe on hand, the spell might yield this, inf- this information. Woe to the evildoer whose hand touches this axe, blah, blah, blah. Only the true child of stone, lover of beloved Moradin, may awaken the true powers of the axe, the only, uh, with only the sacred word of Brutendog on its lips. <laughs> For example. For example. For example. I hate you. And why don't you RP for a while while I... <clears throat> and I, I'm, I'm staring into the... I just feel this and I'm staring into the flame for like ten minutes. Well, guys, I'm pretty tired and we should all go to bed. So... The window you feel the Abbey begin to shake. Oh, hold on, an hold earthquake. on. 
as these stones fall down around you, you are somehow stuck to the floor and you can't move and you get hit with a rock and die. I need, sorry, so it has a material component. I didn't realize this. Ah. It's 250 gold pieces. Oh, And plus on top of another, so it's 450 gold. So I I do not have that. Strips of ivory and incense, which I do not have. Samax, what do you need? Oh, oh. Here we are. That's, yeah, that's what Professor, I require, and I'm like, I like sheepishly look at him, and I hand him like a shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> could, could you pick this up for me at the case? The, case. Uh, the, open, the open case. Uh, Twins, am I right? And as I pull the incense out, you hear like a cha-ching, like a <laughs> Okay. Ivory. Uh, four ivory strips, fifty gold pieces. Ivory strips. And then I take That's out 200. four um told, like really tiny uh miniature <sighs> elephant tusks. And I hand them to you. And so I'm gonna take all of that and with I'll arrange the ivory tusks, the ivory uh, strips and uh, I'm going to uh, oh, can I see that right? one more time? Because yeah. it doesn't consume them, right? Once you do it. When oh, you have the ivory strips, you always have say. them. Yeah, I don't think it says at the it'll end which it consumes. Cough. It'll stay right so next the to the incense components. is used, and I think the 250 <sighs> is no. used. Oh, uh, the, the incense is consumed. The ivory strips are not. So I, I'm re- re- reducing my, my gold by 450? Yes. Like 250, because the ivory strips aren't consumed. But, but, well, I, I, but so he has to use them first. Does to okay. convert yeah. gold into... So what I'm going Got to do it. is I'm going to take the ivory strips and the little elephant tusks. I'm going to put it in, in four directions so around the lantern. And then I'm going to uh, take the bark and put the incense on top of it. And then I'm going to cast it into the fire. And then continue to gaze into the flame <laughs> to see what I get. As I make my DM throw rocks at me. I'm taking this time to uh, sit back on my feet, and I've I haven't done this in a while, but I'm taking out some fresh parchment and my little uh, calligraphy set, and this long, elaborate like bamboo handle with these neat engravings of like waves and wind, and I'm taking that out and I'm practicing uh, different symbols over it, over and over again until I get the right one. So I have like several copies now, stacked high, and just. Bringing peace is this part of my uh, nightly calming ritual. As far as next steps, what do you think, Shepard? I I don't know. Um, I I mean, we have have another destination. We have another place that we got to get to. But the problem is that I thought we were going to go north of the lake. We we know Von Rayton's waiting for us. I don't want to keep him waiting too long. It's not exactly on the way is the problem. And there's werewolves, apparently. In, <laughs> you know, out in the goddamn foothills of the mountain. I'm trying. I'm trying, Professor. And you're right. You're right. Uh, there's so okay, many leads. And what I believe, and I, I, I pull my, my map of Barovia out. Well, what we could do is on our way out of town, we have to go east anyway. So we investigate this den, and to, to make this place even more safe, we will take care of the werewolves there. Or they might be good wolves. We can't kill them without learning if they're good or not. Remember last time that happened, I killed a child. We've only given one side of the story. 
And while initially I think that child snatching is pretty, you know, labeling of evil here, we don't know for sure that that's even the case. And all I do know is that most things are not initially what they appear to be. So it couldn't hurt trying to find these folk and see what they might have to offer. Yes. Either way, we will see why they're snatching children away. And once we deal with that, these woods here to the Lake Baratok, it's not that large. Perhaps we just continue through the forest to the other side of Lake Baratok. And that's where we can meet Von Richter. So it's not that far. It's maybe a mile and a half, two miles through the woods. All right. And then we can meet him, learn what we can there. And then perhaps onward to... So it wasn't north of Lake Zarevich? So we thought so. But we were wrong. But we were wrong. Got it. Okay. He said a lake. The other lake. We thought Zarevich. Got it. I believe. Okay. Yes, that is correct. Me. But it ended up being uh, okay. Baratok because, um, uh, what's your name? Uh, based girl. Yes. Based, 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 girl. based girl. nation girl yeah. told us, oh no, fuckers, you're wrong. Right. It's like Baratok. Well, no, then that, that, then, damn, you're right. That, I mean, that's perfect. That'll work. So, uh. And then we just make our way straight for, straight for this little amber. Yes. Amber Tower. What is it? The Amber Amber Temple. Um, temple. Amber Temple. Temple. Ooh, yes. All right. Temple. That will take quite some time. But let's so, not worry about that just yet. Well, all right. I'll 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 table it for later. Remind me. Ah, well. Are you ready? I'm sure. <laughs> so you begin to hear and feel the legend come together. A woman clothed of muck and mire, a delivered babe rising death tolls higher. Evil birthed in a time long past. Her role is made she has long surpassed. She clings to hopes of something more, her false daughter's love she shall never secure. She bathes in blood to gain her youth. Her words are barely laced with truth. She does not have the lady's ear. The death of the daughter is her only fear. Her power is immense and old. There's truth in all the stories told. How do you oh, do this? Shit. How do you do this? Wow. You literally did like that five like minutes. five minutes. Wow. Gotta give it up. That was, Gotta give it up. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Insane. You did it again, Insane. ladies and gentlemen. Damn, that's good. Yeah. Thanks. I recite everything. Oh, Thanks fine. for it. There's not going to be any bargaining with this one. She's mad herself. That is what I wanted to know. It seems as if we will have to come to blows. That's fine. What? What is she doing with the symbol? My guess would be just protecting Stradania. I, I mean, surely a, a creature with... with any kind of immense power that you're describing would know what she has. It wouldn't be a mistake. It wouldn't be by accident. Right? I mean, she must be doing it to protect who she thinks is her child. Yes. She's just driven by mad desperation for something more to lick the heels of the Lady of the Land to gain some kind of favor or power she will never earn. That was... I was hoping to see if there was a chance she could become an ally, but 
I believe we must slay her. Yes. Well, I believe while I was praying, I overheard your plan, and I believe that is the wisest decision. To the woods tomorrow. Yes. Let's get some rest. The DM wasn't listening, so what is your plan? Uh, so, DM, we are currently yes. here in Crest. Yes, you are. Uh, we heard that there are werewolves in the woods to the east, so our plan is to track them into the woods, investigate their den, either clear them out, perhaps learn more from them, probably kill them all, and then continue through the forest on the north side of Lake Baratok because it's already on the way. And there we will look for a tower where Von Ritten hopefully is waiting so, for us. hand me the map and I'll show you where the tower is because you've been told already. And you'll see that that plan is folly. I mean, I see the ta- I see a building on the south side of it. So if that's it, then that plan is very folly. <laughs> yes. So there you go. Oh. Yes, of course. Never mind. That. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Professor, I thought you were smarter than this. So it is on the south side of the woods. Then we will just investigate the werewolves and go back to the road. <laughs> we'll still continue on, oh, damn it. Uh, so we're, we're going to investigate the werewolf thing. Take a look. And then... It will be, I would say, if you want to, you're going to have to go deep into the woods. So you're looking at probably half a day's journey to get to where you want to go because you're going through the woods. So this isn't like walking on a path. The, where, where the stand is, you mean? Yes, so you're looking at going through the woods. So trying to travel through the thicket of the super tr- thick trees, I'm just letting you know, it's going to be about a day's journey. So you'd be able to go there and then come back and you have to spend another night in the Abbey of St. Markovia. If you survived. I see. So... For what it's worth, while traveling for an hour or more in the chosen terrain, difficult terrain does not slow our group's travel down. Oh. However much that would add to um, what we're looking for. I still have to track them. We don't know where we're going. So, it, right, it might be... Well, with that statistical knowledge... We also don't have to go find these people. I, it was just an idea, but, you know, this was before we knew where we needed to go next. No, you're right. You're right. And then with, with, with the abbot in his right mind, perhaps that is enough for now. We could... I certainly don't want these people being preyed upon by more predators that are out there, potentially, in the woods, but it's certainly not a top priority, or at least it doesn't seem to be right now. And it seems as if the walls do keep the werewolves at bay. They are not in any immediate danger unless the children run off foolishly outside of the protection of the wall. Given the time we could waste, it's not worth it. Von Richten told him to find him as soon as we can. We've already been waylaid quite a bit. Let's get some sleep. We'll find him first thing in the morning. Yes. Agreed. Good night. I'm going to slither out to wrap around my lantern. You were able to have a long rest. You had a peaceful night. No dreams came to you. And in the morning, you begin to pack up your things and um, busy yourself about. You can hear that there are things happening throughout the abbey. The sound of the screaming mongrel folk is no longer present, but it sounds like construction or rebuilding or cleaning. It's hard to tell. And you wander about the place. You do not find the abbot, but you remember that he had told you that um, that night was the last that you would see of him for now. As you pack up your things and 
you make your way towards the gates, looking around. Irina runs out from the shed where or the um, the area where you had killed the um, the flesh gold. And Irina runs out to you. Don't 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 leave just yet. I I would like to say goodbye in case I don't see you for a while. Well, of course. You see that she's covered. You can see down her apron. She's covered in blood and pieces of mucus and stuff. And she seems to be completely used to it at this point. I've been up for four hours by now, and I've made sure to get up early enough that I'll be able to say goodbye. Well, please do what you can to bring some more light into this place, and thank you for agreeing to stay. Don't work yourself too hard. Get some rest. We have to make sure that this place is suitable for children. In its current state, it is not so much. And know that you are safe here or anywhere from Shredania, but please do not leave these walls. There are still werewolves out there and other deadly things, the mist itself. I will not leave. Thank you. Thank you. And should someone come to get me, I will not go with them unless it is you. I've learned my lesson. Take some time to bask in the sunlight. I mean, it's the first time we've seen this in forever. And as you look up, you see that there is a crack in the clouds, pure sunlight shining down over the abbey, but only the abbey, nowhere else. Wow. It's beautiful. Flowers are already beginning to grow (coughs) in the fields. I haven't seen anything quite like it. And I will say, and she wipes some sweat from her forehead, I like it. It's wonderful to hear. You can light in the darkness. It is. Be safe, all of you. You do the same. You as well. And I will let the children know that you are well. I will send word to them just as soon as I can. The abbot says that he is able to provide ways for me to send messages to those that are important to me. And perhaps I shall save my strength. I wish you well, Irina. And you. And she clasps your hands and then pulls you in and gives you a a strong embrace as she moves from each of you, giving you uh, a hug. Thank you all. Good luck. Thank you for tolerating our wacky adventures. You didn't give me much of a choice, but Frankly, I quite liked it. Well, all except for the blood part. I'll get over it. Adventure for sure. Good day. Good day. Good day. I'll turn uh, and head out of Kresk, and we will head to where we believe, based on the map, uh, Von Reckman's Tower is. As we're as we're leaving the town, I just want to like point back over my shoulder and say, you know. Stradania, she sent us a message yesterday. And I hope that right there is enough of us firing back that she gets her own message. That's right. Uh, we should... I would like to seek out the Burgomaster before we leave. Okay. You make your way down the winding path that leads towards the village of Kresk. And as you make your way into the village, the guards barely look at you. They're staring up at the abbey, almost in shock. 
as the sunlight breaks its way through the thick, heavy cloud covering that covers the rest of the uh, the village of Barovia. In wonder and in awe, but they, they let you in, barely glancing at you. And as you walk through the streets, you see every single person you come across is staring up at the sky in wonder. You eventually make your way towards the town center where you know the Burgomaster's house is and both him and his wife and a young 14-year-old boy are standing and staring up at the abbey. They are embracing him, both of them, in absolute shock and awe as you make your way towards them. And as you get closer, you see his and sees you. She shakes the small boy, kisses him quickly in the cheek as she runs forward, tears streaming down her face. You did it. You, it must have been you. You went up to, to the abbey and, and then now the, the abbot visited us not a mere four or five hours ago. He, he brought sweet Ilya back. Thank you. And she drops to her knees as she grabs your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. yes. Uh, Thank you so we, much. We brought life back to to the abbey. Do you see you what see. you've done? Kresk is, Kresk is blessed. It has a future. We've ensured that. Uh, we've, we, we've done what we can, and we will be bringing more here. More, 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 more youths, more It is orphans. at this moment that the door of the house opens up. And three strapping men, varying in ages, holy hell, step out of the house in new clothes as they walk over and stand beside their father. Oh my god. I don't believe it. And you hear, is that them? Papa. It is, my sons. And they all look at you. You know, you'd think we'd be getting used to this by now, but gosh, I mean, that, that, that being is truly some sort of heavenly creature. You were all looking very well. Uh, you were all previously deceased. The two of the older boys a look of sorrow <laughs> in their face, but they nod at you. But no longer. And you see as the eldest attention turns towards Kana. And he looks you up and down and then quickly looks embarrassed, looks away. Uh, faint blush makes his way to his cheeks and his father looks at him and gives him a look and he straightens him and he nods at you in apology. I don't know what to say. I just have my hands folded by my back. After all this time, I still can't believe it. I mean, it's truly a miracle. It's small miracles, but I, enormous miracles. I just... Would, would you like to stay for breakfast? We, The entire town has gotten together. We've made the largest of... Of, of all feasts we've had in a long time. Yes, yes, we can, we can afford some moments. Please, come, come with us. You, you kept your promise. I cannot, I cannot even, Dimitri told me what you said you would do. We went to bed last night, and I was angry at myself for the hope I felt in my heart, and then I woke up to the sun, to sunlight, coming through my window. And my boys. The abbot is a good man. That he, place is, is good now as well. He was not well, but we have... We have heard the lot. Restored him. Oleg is the first man to ever walk down from the abbey. 
completely cured of his sickness. He won't be the last. And from here, the abbot left and gave him back his sweet Meruna. By the gods. By the gods, indeed, Professor. I watched him dance a little jig with his tiny old nobly knees. He was so happy. This is the power of light. It's the power of the morning. It's the power of the light and the darkness. And darkness cannot snuff out the light. You may yet one day be the heroes of Barovia. Yes. Well, lead the way. She dusts her hands off and she runs over and in one arm she grabs, um, she links with her eldest son. The other appears her second eldest. Let's go, boys. Let's lead the heroes of Kresk to breakfast. And she marches with you directly towards breakfast. You sit with them. The townsfolk all have questions to ask as they pile food uh, you hear that a few of the um, mid-20 to early 30-year-old uh, men had gone out and slain wolves to create um, to create the food for this morning. They ventured out due to the, the glory of the sun. As they pile the food high, they're all interested to hear of your tales. And next to them, you see Oleg and Maruna, the elderly couple. And he doesn't recognize any of you, but Victoria, as you speak on occasion, he looks at you and you get a smile from him, recognizes your voice. And at one point, he comes over and he squeezes your hand and gives you a knowing nod as he tells the story um, of how he helped you in overcoming everything that it was. He's now hailed as a hero here as well. But you can tell he's putting on airs for his wife, who is now seated beside him. It takes a couple of hours, but you enjoy your, your meal and the stories, and seeing the joy that you have brought to this land. And you know that through all of the darkness, you've done some, some true good, some lasting good the first signs of it that have probably ever found their ways to the lands of Barovia since Stradania came. And it is with that that you begin to make your way out of the city of Kreds and along your path. You make your way out of the city with a newfound hope, the sun warm on your backs, and you continue to move forwards, and slowly the darkness consumes you. You turn around and you can see the soft rays of sunlight illuminating the Abbey of St. Markovia, and you know that Shepard was right, that this was a direct response to Stradonia. There is war, but you are not going down without a fight, and with her darkness, you will with you bring the light. As you make your way along the path, constantly checking your map, and you see, at first, confusion from the ravens around you. They almost seem unwilling to leave the sunlight that they found themselves in, but the Mardikov family protects you as they, once again, keep the hungers of the forest at bay. And you have a safe path directly towards Lake Baratok. Still, so, we did some good there too, y'all. We got, we got more allies on ourselves. I know, we've done a lot of good. Fine. Did you get like resurrect bodies? That's insane. I didn't think it was possible. So, Deva. Yeah. 
He did above and beyond what we asked him. You continue to move forward as the coldness of the land begins to overtake you. The warmth of the rays of the sun, a mere memory in your minds. As you come to a cold mountain lake enclosed by misty woods and rocky bluffs, thick fog creeps across the dark, still waters. The trail ends at a grass-covered causeway that stretches a hundred yards across the lake to a flat, marshy island with a stone tower on it. The tower's old and decrepit with collapsing scaffolds clinging to one side where a large gash has split the wall. Time-worn griffin statues, their wings and flanks covered with moss, perch atop buttresses that support the walls. Parked near the base of the tower, within sight of the entrance, is a barrel-topped wagon spattered with mud. Do we recognize this wagon? (laughs) You are not close enough to know. This must be the place. Hopefully, Von Richten is all right. But we see that we see the the tower. You see the tower. There's like a a causeway, but it's almost surrounded by water aside from this causeway. So you walk along it and you get to it. Can we? Oh, never mind. Do I see any signs of movement or, or life? either in or around the tower? Uh, you are. You haven't made your way to the tower yet okay. from where you're at. You can't really see much of anything. Okay. Let's take a closer look at the wagon to see what has become. If it is the wagon we think it may be. Let's go. As long as there isn't any signs of struggle or damage to the wagon, I think we can. it'll be safe to assume that Von Richten's okay and, and we're probably safe to approach. But, you know, with caution. I'm going to stow my blood spear and take out my Naginata now before I forget. Yeah. Let's just hope that if that is his wagon, Chad is safely locked within. You make your way across the causeway. (laughs) Fucking Chad. You make your way across... Is that what I heard? Okay, I'm just making sure I heard Chad. I was like, (laughs) she didn't say that. Okay. You make your way across the causeway and head closer and closer towards the stone tower in the middle of the small island and directly towards the wagon, which looks similar, but is different. It does not appear to be Van Richten's wagon. Mm. Under layers of mud, this wagon sports a fresh coat of purple paint, and its wheels have fancy gold trim. A brass lantern hangs from each corner, and red drapes cover a tombstone-shaped window on each side. A steel padlock secures the back door, hanging from which is a cheap wooden sign that reads, Keep Out. Ah. Perhaps I was mistaken. This doesn't seem to be his wagon. It's purple paint. Is is that reminiscent of, of the Vistani? Is it that is. they are the ones with the horses to draw such a wagon? There's no chance that this is an illusion, too, is it? <laughs> do you want me to knock? Investigate, Professor. Please do. Oh. Uh, Lock up to it and flip my Naginata around and like knock twice, like on top of the wagon to see if anything happens. You hear the sound of knocking on the wood of the wagon. No sound seems to be emanating from the inside, but is very clearly not an illusion. You said there was a lock on the. There's a lock on the back door and a sign, a small wooden sign that says keep out with an exclamation point. I want to just pick up the lock and pull it and see if it's actually locked. It's locked. Professor? Perhaps we should go to the tower and take a look. I'm not going to pick this lock if 
We we learned what happened when we tried that last time. It, it's, it's almost as if Victoria didn't just mention the saber tooth tag. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we should hear the warning. No interest in, in coming face to face with that again. It seems awfully suspicious that by this ruined tower, there's a wagon that is not von Richter. I'll make you a deal, Sarnax. If it turns out to be some trick, we'll burn the wagon. <laughs> deal? I find this very amenable. Can I lap the wagon and kind of get on all fours and look under it and see if, if there's any other interesting things that I might be missing about it other than the Roll keep, an out, investigation keep out sign? Uh, no, you know, I'm just blind as a bat with five. Looking around, it seems like it's a wagon with simply one entrance. Well, does it have any horses or anything? It does not. I want to go to the door of the tower. Okay. Does it say anything on it? Uh, give me a moment. As an aside, not to throw another question at you, besides Stradonia's okay. horse, have we actually seen the Stani horses? Yeah. yeah. We have. Camp there. They, so, okay, okay. We've, we've seen them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do they yeah. just look like It was starting scenes? to feel like who's pulling these fucking wagons, yeah. but we did see them. Yeah. yeah, they had what? At, at the camp outside of Velaki, they had this like is what you see. 20 horses. The tower door is made of iron with no visible handles or hinges. I don't want any of that. In the middle of a door is a large embossed symbol, a connected series of lines with eight stick figures set around it. Nope. Carved into the lintel <laughs> above the door is a word. Kazan. Some Blair. Which oh, oh. Oh, shit. Oh, can you spell that for us? K H A Z A N. Can I write that? Yeah. Is this the top? Yes. Or is this the top? This uh, the hold top. on. Uh, looks like that. Like yes, that's the top. Okay. So sorry. Let's spell that again. K H A Z A N. H O Z A N. So those are stick figures. Not to be confused with Kavan. Who was the wielder of the spear here? Some kind of wizard puzzle. Should we just knock? Professor, perhaps you should do the strange dance. Oh. Before anybody does, I'm taking five steps back and I'm going to observe from over there. You all holler if you need anything from me. And I'm going to take five very large steps back away from this door so that when whoever decides to knock on it gets exploded, I don't. That'll probably be Kana Dimitri. Sarnax, could you perhaps call on Van, Van Richten and see if he's even here? I suppose I could. From farther back, I say, but I'm curious to hear what his dance he was talking about was. <laughs> I am going to step beside Shepard as well, and I'm going to look into the flame, and I'll put a, my fingers up to my temple and just uh, send, cast sending to um, Von Richten. Uh, it is us. We are at the base of the tower. Are you home? Uh, we have much to discuss. You can reply to this message. <laughs> you wait and we wait and wait, and you get no response. That. He's unsettling. What's the matter, buddy? I sent the message to Von Richten and no response. No response. He could be in grave peril if not already dead. All right. All right. Do you, do you know if it was delivered? Uh, yes, it was. Well, I, I believe it was. But you I left on yes, believe that it was delivered. I was left on red. Oh, on, on red, yeah. <laughs> well, 
someone's like unconscious they'll still receive them like it still has a recipient but they can't respond got it but like if they're asleep what how does that work they like does it wake still up? get it but um i think it would be for the dm to decide yeah. okay i was just curious I, I get some like we are arriving and i get the response Ooh, you're gonna hate me <laughs> <laughs> i'll be there five minutes four hours later, four hours later. <laughs> um, Andy's got a lot of ideas, but uh, <laughs> Shepard's intelligence is far too low for this, so he's not going to say anything. I suppose I could try. Uh, huh. And so I, I, I start to... I'm going to start with this one. So you're standing in front of the door? I'm standing right in front of the door. <laughs> oh, no. oh, you're literally going to do those dances? And I'm yeah. going to do Now this, I get it. This, this, this. this. Hold on. Posturous. Okay, show me what you're doing. So hold on. Go slow. Huh? 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 You hear lightning as it crackles down around you, shoots out from the tower as all of the stick figures ignite with blue light. You hear a grinding sound from the inside as the door, as the lock crumbles. Yes! The door opens. Yes! <laughs> Fucking try, Sarnax. I cannot wait to tell you what could have happened. <laughs> yes, Professor, dance, magic, dance. So, so after I see the professor do these moves, I look to Sarnax and I was like, "You weren't kidding about dancing." No. Do I ever kid, Shepard? What the? Have hell? you ever known me to kid once? What is this? Here, go ahead and put this Those down. day magic ah. clown crap is this? What? See, I told you, I am down with the whiz biz. <laughs> Get down with the whiz biz. <laughs> the Get down with whiz biz. Oh, uh, no, just up to you. Yeah, because it's north. It. Well, north will be toward the TV. This is oh, it. So that's the bottom. Rickton's Tower. Look at that. Not that I know. Yeah, Shepard doesn't know. I have been so Ten kinds of wrong. Oh, that's how I was. So when you up. said do the dance, or where I think it was, it was Sarnax. When you said it. do the dance. I thought this was the detect magic dance because it takes some ten minutes to do it. So I figured he was just like, no, I literally didn't know where you were going with that. Oh, I was I literally, literally being like, I want to, yo, no, I want to hear what Sarnax has to say. Sarnax, Sarnax knew would assume that uh, that that Azran would pick up what he was putting down. Of course, because you're connected mentally. Um, so what I what I was debating was which one do you start with? Right, right. It was you start with this one or this one. Yep. So oh. wait, which one did you start? You started with the one. Oh, yes. um, you started. Yep, that was the one. Okay. Yep. So oh, by God. that point, I knew what you were doing, but I had literally no idea so leading the, up to and that. And there were a few things, right? Because do you match this or do you mirror it? Right. And so I matched it. Yeah. So I don't know if that's yep, what you're that supposed matters. to do. Okay. So uh, I was trying to follow along. I was like, okay, he's got that one in. You got the first four, and I was like, okay, I think he's right. And then I made sure to make sure you got the last two. Yeah, what, right. I was like, okay, okay, you, you know, got it. Yeah, okay. yeah. You got it. Brilliant! Uh, awesome. <laughs> well, that, that took significantly less time than I thought, so I mean, we don't need to. So is the door open? <laughs> <laughs> I will open the door. <laughs> Yeah, Professor does love a no, puzzle. Professor, I believe you should say something in this moment. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I do love a good puzzle. No, love that. Oh. <laughs> Kana's tapping her foot in. <laughs> what satisfies you, Professor? You know, Sonex, 
Nothing quite satisfies like a puzzle solved. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Professor. <laughs> Let us continue. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, I will. Are, are we sure it's it's safe to proceed? I believe is this is just Van Richten testing us, and I open the door. <laughs> <laughs> the flagstone floor is strewn with debris, and a few old crates stand near the east wall. A torn curtain in the south partially obscures the tower vestibule. A five-foot square indentation in the center of the floor contains four pulleys attached to taut iron chains that stretch up through a similarly sized hole in the rotted wooden ceiling. Standing next to the chains are four tall clay statues. Oh boy. Interesting. Is the, the pulley system you described look like an elevator it or like does. a dolly? It looks like an elevator. Okay, so it's big for people, not for food. Mm, yep. Okay. Where's all these statues? Uh, I just don't... We touch anything. I'm getting nervous. Can I take a closer look at them? They look to all be holding on to the chains of the elevator. What are... Are they people or like... They're statues. Should we get in? They're, they're meant to look like people. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. They're not like gargoyles. They're like people. Okay, it's just like men. Yeah, they look like something. men holding on to the chains. Uh, I don't see any stairs or anything. Uh. I want to test the plate that they're all standing on with my foot and give it some pressure. Uh, there's no plate on the ground. It looks like it's up further in. But you're going to move forward? Yeah. As you move forward with the intention to move towards the elevator, you see as all of the statues begin to pull on the chain and slowly lower the platform to the ground. I, I honestly could not have said I would have expected that. <clears throat> Professor, I believe this whole tower is all you. Is this a whole tower of wizard puzzles? <laughs> Oh, and werewolves! I do love a good puzzle! Uh, Easy, Professor. Oh. <laughs> Clayton walks into the elevator with a boner. <laughs> yeah. Mature's oh. dream! It's too heavy for the both of them. So is the elevator coming down? <laughs> yes, it is now fully landed on the ground, and the clay statues stay stationary. Well, what do you think, fearless leader? I believe there's nothing more to do now than... Take a step forward, and I will step onto the, the platform. Professor, should we not look around the room a bit? Oh, didn't we do that already? Look around. Expedition. I just want to take a look around. Expedition, ho! I'll cast you, my lantern. You step around. onto the platform, and immediately they begin to raise you up, and you watch as your friends disappear from view yeah. as they raise you towards the second floor. <laughs> oh, Victoria, sure you begin to look around the room. Um, it... <laughs> yeah, there, there, are, there are crates thrown all about the room, and you begin rummaging through them. They all look like they contain things at some point, but now they're simply empty wooden crates. <laughs> Clayton, dust and cobwebs fill this otherwise empty room, the wooden floor of which is badly rotted and partially collapsed. The ride on this elevator was not smooth, it was shaky, and your stomach feels a little unsettled from the quick motions. But as you get to the second floor, the clay golems stop, almost as if waiting to see if you'll embark or if they should continue to ascend. Or disembark. Professor, uh, I, I'll get off. Are you okay? Professor? No, I'm fine. I'm just from the second floor. There doesn't seem to be anything around me. Uh... Uh, How do we say, get up there? Say, at this point, you have been you have been able to discern that they they have not necessarily ascensions, but they anticipate what you need. So if oh. you have 
the need of the elevator, they'll lower it. If you intend to go up, they'll raise it. Mm. Um, how do we get up, Professor? Uh, let's tr- hold on. Give me one second. Let me just. And I want to look As around. You say this. The golems begin to move the chains, and the platform of the elevator descends. All right, everybody, get on, get on. <laughs> Quick, we gotta get back to the professor. We can't protect him if he's alone. Do we feel like it could fit all four of us? Okay. I'm like attempting to run back to it as it lowers. Oh well, yes, just get on. This is fascinating. I see his hat peeking over. You the edge. all place your feet upon the platform as the golems begin to raise it up. It shakes and jostles. Occasionally it stops and you feel as if it's going to clatter and fall, but they continue to raise it until you make your way to the second floor. Uh, do you want to hop on and just keep on going? Do you find anything up there? Hand out. Your, you see, as you look around, in the middle of the room is a five foot square hole in the floor and ceiling. The rusty chain near each corner are part of the elevator mechanism. You... So while they were coming up, I was investigating the floor. You looking around, you can tell that the floor around the hole is is weak, that part of this floor has fallen through. Um, And you don't imagine that it can hold much weight. There is absolutely nothing in this room. I believe this is... I feel very, very epic. Yeah, right you now. feel like you're going to go into battle. The riders of Rohan are on their way. Come on, shake a leg, quit dilly dallying, let's go. All right. Oh, oh, Once again, gentlemen, thank you. You begin to ascend. It's tight. You're all very pushed next to each other. Um, but you're able to disembark on this on this next area. Time the elements of all but disport but all have all but destroyed this chamber, leaving a gash in the northwest wall and slimy black mildew on the walls. The wooden floor is completely rotted and has begun to fall away in places. There's once again a hole in the floor, but the floorboards here look even more precarious. You're not even sure if it's safe enough to exit the elevator. Uh, Keep going, chaps. I whispered to one of the. Uh, one Immediately, of the you feel as the as the elevator moves, and you find yourself ascending to the height of this tower. Unlike the levels below, this room shows signs of recent habitation. And although the place reeks of mold and mildew, has plenty of creature comforts, including a cozy bed, a desk with matching chair, bright tapestries, and a large iron stove with plenty of wood to feed it. Light enters through arrow slits, as well as through dirt-caked windows with broken shutters. Other features of the room include a standing suit of armor and a wooden chest. Old wooden rafters bend under the weight of the tower roof, which has somehow remained intact. Mounted to the rafters are pulleys around which hang iron chains that support the tower's elevator platform. Uh, is anyone in the bed? No. Uh, this might be a bad time to bring this up, but uh, is there any chance that, you know, a door magically resecured itself, right? You think, Professor, maybe? Well, I can see what that I'll kind of go back down and close it if you'd like. Nah, I'm not worried about it just being open or closed. I'm worried about being locked. There's a strange purple card outside that we don't really know about, and I'm just hoping that maybe the puzzle re-puzzled itself. Is, is that what puzzles do? It depends on the puzzle. Some do, some don't. 
Some it might close and the puzzle might change. Anyway, I, I don't mean to derail everything. Either way, on the third floor, there was a gigantic hole in the wall, so I think at least we can go down one floor and jump out if need be. Fair enough. Not. Um, Let's have a look around. Van, Van Richten, are you here? Uh, and Your voice echoes throughout the tower, but no sound. is met with no sound, no response. The last time we walked into his room, uh, you know, there was illusory magic that kind of prevented Sarnax and I from being able to see what was going on, and I, I don't know if you'd have a way to yes. poke around through that. Can you sense it? Well, let's take a look around first, and uh, while you all do so, I will begin to cast uh, Detect Magic. You sure. begin to cast your spell, and you find that the magic you're attempting to use, you cannot produce it. Never mind. What's wrong? It seems to be some sort of magic dampening effect here. Uh-oh. Sarnax, can you try something? Victoria? I'll try to just cast Thaumaturgy to make my you voice boom. once again try to channel the power of your deity. Bonric, nothing, mm. nothing is forced from you. Uh, over to the strange. window, and I'm going to look out towards the path and just see if I see any signs of movement. You should roll a perception check. Um, I'm gonna go. You said there was a wardrobe. Is that what that is? There is a standing suit of armor um, and a wooden chest. Oh, that might be a stove. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, okay. So there's a cozy yeah. bed, yeah, a desk with matching chair, bright tapestries, a large iron stove. Light uh, enters through arrow slits in the windows. There's a standing suit of armor, a wooden chest. Yeah, I'll um, I'll just kind of check out the chest and see if it's. I'm trying to like find any of his if, if any of these items look familiar. So you're 25. You don't see anyone coming up the path, but you do see movement along the lines of the forest. Like, um, and you can hear the howling of wolves far over the distance. Uh, how far is the movement? Like wagon? Or are we talking? From no, there? Like far, far. You're out on an island in Lake Baratok. It's off in the. Against the horizon. Uh, I would like to investigate the room. Victoria, I need you to roll in. Uh, no, you're walking towards the chest. As you get close to the chest, you your nose immediately picks up the scent of lavender. Oh. We've smelled that in yeah, but in, in Lady Walker's house. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why have I smelled? Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh. I was like the wheels are turning. <laughs> I was like, the wheels are turning. You're See movement on the horizon. Perhaps it's far enough off that we're okay now. I do smell lavender. Does anyone else smell that? Not over here. I'm going through the desk. I'll cautiously continue towards the chest. You're going to open it? Is it locked? No. My attention is on Victoria, though, now that she's mentioned this and I'm just watching. I'm looking out the window, focusing on that kind of cautiously open. You begin to open and looking inside the aroma of laminate, uh, of laminate, the aroma of lavender emanates uh, more strongly from the chest as you see a tuft of hair. And as you look deeper in and your your eyes adjust to the darkness, there appears to be a severed human head nestled, covered in lavender oil on the bottom of his chest. Dear God. 
What's a face that you do not recognize. What's the matter? Mr. Shepard, please. I'll rush over. There's a severed head in this chest. Oh, God. I knew that smell, and I I looked anyway. I suppose it's best we found it. I'm going to take out Judgment and just use the barrel to kind of, like, move the head a little to see if I can get a better look at the face. You, um... You open it a little bit further and you look at the face and it's not somebody that you recognize, but there are things that you do recognize. The adornments and coloration of the Vistani appears to be a Vistani man. That's a Vistani. It's it's the head of a a Vistani gentleman. Perhaps an evil Vistani. Why would he keep it in the chest if this is truly his tower? Um, did I find anything in the desk? You looked through the desk and it looks like it had been gone through recently. Uh, you do find the scribblings of a note. Esmeralda's wagon is parked outside. She's followed me to Barovia. I must make haste. If you find this, I'm hoping you are the ones I can trust. I've been given an invitation to dine with the Countess. Fuck. I may take it. And is it in his handwriting? It is in his handwriting. Is it dated? It is not. Ah, well, he left a letter for us. Uh, any, any good news? That is Esmeralda's wagon outside. Well, that's not that's not bad. He is running from her. But, but really? Well, she didn't want to find him, and he doesn't want to be found. Uh, there's not really a problem with that, right? No, I think she intends to find him. She just didn't want to find him with us. Fine. So next, would it? Be wise for us to attempt to contact Esmeralda using your magic. <clears throat> I mean, we got. What, did he say where he was going? He said he had an invitation to Ravenloft to dine with the Countess. He didn't say when he got the invitation, but he says he may take it. You gotta be fucking kidding me! I believe he is not kidding. Why would he? He read it in the letter. Why would he be kidding you, Shepard? It's a turn of phrase. Sonax. This is bad. What does this mean? Perhaps the business Shodanya was speaking of was von Richter. Perhaps she replaced our invitation with him. But he knows that we are also planning to see Hunter. He wouldn't go alone. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Why would he go alone? He's got to be smarter than that. He, he's got to know more than we do. He, he wouldn't just throw his life away like that. Precisely. He's been here all this time. He's never tried to do it alone before. Why would he just suddenly jump at the chance? He did not have an invitation before. Do you think he was with Esmeralda? No, he was running from the... I the sense that I got, but he was like getting away from her. No, he didn't say. I did not... Wait. He doesn't know that we know who Esmeralda is, does he? He does not. The two things that you read were on separate bits of parchment. 
Okay, so okay. So there's one that says Esmeralda's wagon has arrived or is parked outside. Another one said, if you find this, I'm hoping you're the ones that I can trust. I've received an invitation from Stradania. I have been, received an invitation for dinner from Stradania. I, I, I think I may take it. Are both in his handwriting? Yes. They're just scattered in the papers about. So it looks like he's been scribbling notes. The other notes are things about um, different uh, werewolf ecology, uh, were ravens, and how they work. Um, you see a um, actually roll roll an investigation check to see if you find this other stuff. Uh, my proficiency went up. We just got plus five now. <laughs> yeah. Four. Plus four. So oh. nine, 12, 12 13, yeah. Uh, yeah really 18. Um, you, looking through it, you also find what appears to be a recipe for lavender oil. Um, the lavender oil recipe uh, talks specifically about the ability to um, to bolster a speak with dead spell, allowing the dead to retain the memories after their life is passed. Mm. Uh, on top of that, you find uh, you find information about um, information about the layout of Castle Ravenloft, and that uh, von Richten is hoping that the Amber Temple will lead him towards maps of the uh, maps of the castle itself, which would help, and that he plans to seek out the knowledge of the mages of the past. He believes that there may be traps and things far more ancient and far more evil there than even he knows. Why would he leave all of this here? It looks like he left in a hurry. <clears throat> if... <clears throat> sorry, go, go ahead, sorry. If there was a time-sensitive inf- invitation to dine with the Countess, perhaps he left in a hurry, but... You all heard what Esmeralda had been speaking of in her dreams while she slept. Yes, about the Countess killing her parents. She said nothing about the Countess, Professor. It has been lingering in my mind since that evening. Go on. It had been a thought I had not wanted to entertain. But what if the villain in her nightmare was not indeed the Countess, but the man von Richten himself? I pray I am wrong. Oh, God. I mean, so I suppose, but he, he, we, we discreetly, Victoria discreetly went through his things and found everything that, that would, would show the signs of a true vampire hunter. Yes. He had all the tools. Yes, he had holy water, even communion wafers. Well, we also know that he's got a thing against this so-called evil Vistani, which we have yet to meet one. The road to the Nine Hells is paved with good intention. Perhaps, and just perhaps, there may be darkness in this vampire hunter that started or still contains somewhat noble intentions. But perhaps his daughter, his adoptive daughter, is at mortal odds with him. Sonic. 
as well. I, going through these things, I found the reason why that head reeks of lavender. This oil that he has placed all over it is, it exists to strengthen the memories of the corpse. I mean, a spell to speak with said corpse is cast upon it. Is this something you can do? It is indeed, Professor. Wait, I wait, suggest you, can, you can do that? You saw me do it before with the husband of Miss Walker. Yes. I apologize. Sorry. <laughs> Still hurt. It has been quite some time I've forgotten as well. I don't do it lightly, but... This head probably contains great information if Von Richten himself used it. You don't think that this is the head of Esmeralda's father, Grisham? He was a Vistani. Well, why don't we ask it? How long would you have to keep... Oh! It can't have been her father. Maybe he... Oh, was he alive? His father, birth father, is long dead. Yes. Long dead. Yes. Did he maybe uncover his corpse? We will not know who this is until we bring it outside of the tower, unfortunately. Uh, how long has... Can I... Dead? Dead? Uh, it's... Looking at it, it's hard to tell. It has a strange, waxy... Uh, substance coating the skin, it looks like it was embalmed in some way. So it doesn't look like it is decaying at the rate that you would expect. How heavy is the chest? I mean, big enough for the head. So oh. it's easily, uh, maybe five pounds. Did one of you collect the chest? I'll go over and lift it up. Thank you, Van Richten, if you can hear me or see me right now, I'm doing this for your own good, and I take all of his notes and papers, and I shove them into my case. Okay. Um, Shall we tear apart the rest of the room yes. to ensure that you're not missing anything additional? Yes. Yeah, I mean, even if even if we don't, we just don't want any of this to fall into the wrong hands, that's for sure. Not. Do you think his room here is, is warded with anti-magic, or do you think this was cast here by an enemy? It's hard to say. I would assume it is his, so he cannot be scried upon, mm. perhaps by the Countess or even Esmeralda. That would make sense. Or us, even. So we tear apart the rest of the room. Take a special assess. look at the, the suit of armor. Yes. So we'll assist Professor Azram in um, investigation. Mechanically on investigation, we'll let her do it. Mm-hmm. It depends on it. Pretty good. Uh, 18 plus 5 plus 4 is um, uh, 27. You investigate the rest of the room, and outside of what you've already found, there doesn't appear to be anything left. I grab the chest and I hop on the on the elevator. I will join Connor. Yep. You immediately make your descent down to the bottom floor, the chest in hand. Make your way outside and look out over the mid-morning. Can see the faint movements in the forest all around you. Life has is stirring there. Esmeralda's wagon, coated in mud, hitched up against the side. 
I scan the skies for any signs of our raven friends. They're flying around everywhere, occasionally darting into the underbrush. Okay. Uh, they seem to be doing their best to keep the wolves at bay. Cool. I have a thought. Sure. Mm-hmm. Shit's professor. We need to see what's in the wagon. We're back to this again. Yes. Now that we're sure that it's not us, <clears throat> I'm less concerned about large cat. So the question is, do we look at the wagon first, or do we speak with this fine gentleman here first? Or do I send a message to Esmeralda first? We have three options. Why would we alert her to our presence? We don't know her intentions. Excellent point, and well made. I think we should learn what we can. (sighs) Alright. Get the tools, work on the lock, and I'll prepare for a fucking gorilla or a crocodile or some shit. <laughs> I can't yes, believe we're Mr. doing Morgan, this again. Yes. Unbelievable. And I pull out my nice, uh, elegant uh, set of thieves tools and I'll just kind of, uh, I'll pull, pull, take some silver polish and I'll just sort of polish them up while Sarnax uh, casts his spell. Shepard. Yeah. Perhaps you should ready your lasso. I see with no sense of, of, uh, of irony. <laughs> Damn it. I put the pack down, and I take the rope out, and I start fashioning into a lasso, and I'm like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. I got the rope in my feet. I got one hand on my weapon, and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. So, for where should we do this? Connor? I'm sorry? You have the head. I do. Where shall we... Engage. You're doing that right now while they're doing their thing. I think we should focus on. Are you casting each of all? I cast my spell. I was going to wait and, and let him do his thing before yes. we speak with the head before we well, go what, What's the cast time on it? Ooh, it's ten minutes. It might be ten minutes. Oh, you you have walked outside. Oh, it's yes. one action. Oh, yeah. You immediately hear from in the box. Hello, can you let me out? Can you open this box? You're making a lot of noise. What? The- wait, okay. the Hello? chest. The Hello? chest. Hello? I, I would knock, but I don't have any hands. Let's put the chest hello? down. Hello? Is anybody there? Open oh, it. they left. Oh, hello. hello. Well, you're a lot prettier than that ugly old man that keeps talking to me. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I would shake your hand, but, well, can't. You want to kiss me? Oh, and he God. looks at you with a sly smile. Can I Come you? on, you know you want to. It's the only way to say hello. Very flattered. Is it okay if I pick you ah, up? Ah, yeah, Watch well, I'd kiss anyone. Who, who are you? You want to pick me up? Sure, you're going to hold me tight. Kana, just be careful. Don't worry, I don't bite. I don't believe that. Perhaps, perhaps Professor's assistant... Oh, no, you didn't bring that surly old man with you, did you? I don't mind. And I'll just lean in and pick him up. Oh, 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 oh. No, I'm kidding. I can't really tell what you're doing. (laughs) How are you speaking to us right now? Is his mouth moving? Oh, yeah. And his eyes are looking around and... Oh, my goodness. Uh, Are you in pain? No, can't feel anything below the neck. <laughs> you, why are you in such good spirits? <laughs> well, because you're the first people I've seen since that crotchety old man killed me. So you are aware that you're a severed head? I'm a severed head? He begins to, like, look down. Oh, my God! Well, yes, of course I'm a severed head. <laughs> what is your name? 
My name is Jan. It is nice to meet you. Look at you, hot stuff. Come over here and give old Jan a kiss. Why did the crotchety old uh, man kill you? Uh, you know, well, it really depends. Uh, do you want my story, his story, or the truth? The truth, the truth. Well, he invited me to ride in his wagon. I tried to steal the wagon. He killed me, and then he told me he hates all the tongue anyway, so he was going to do it if I hadn't tried to steal it. So, here I am, a head in the box. Hello, what, nice to meet you. What is your story? My story is that I got into the wagon, and I was being very kind, and he was trying to give me a ride, and he killed me anyway. <laughs> what is his story? I don't know. Probably that I'm a Vistani and he wanted to kill me. And that I stole his wife. Maybe his story was the truth. What does it matter? Hey, you want to kiss? Well, that last part about him hating all Vistani doesn't really sound like him from what we know. You know, he does hate the Vistani. And could you do me a favor? Would it be too much to ask? I mean, yes, I'm a head in a box. It's a little weird. I'm trying to kiss your ladies. But, you know, you could do me a solid and you could tell all of the Vistani that this guy is trying to kill us all. Yeah. How, how how are you able to speak like that? How did you? I'm a powerful wizard. Please. I'm infused with magic. Okay, fine. He cast a spell on me, and he keeps putting this stinky oil all over my body. <laughs> I mean, my head. Where is your body? You know, if I knew, I would have. No, I guess I wouldn't have walked there. I don't have legs. I have no idea he disposed of it. I guess. Do you know? Have you seen? This you seen any severed bodies around you could just give me? I, I don't How is my hair? Does it look messy? I can't see. It looks um, fine. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, when all you've got is a head of hair and a brilliant smile. I slick his hair back to him. Oh, him. yes. Oh, oh. And just scratch there near the back. This is a bottle. Oh, oh, yes. This is very fascinating. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. How long ago did you die? Huh. At least a year. Wow. And which Vistani group do you come from? The one near Velaki? Or... Oh, no, I come from Striga. Oh. Yes, the, um, the crotchety old man wanted to find his way into Barovia, and through a game of cards, I lost, he won. I told him I knew how to get in, and he said that he would give me a ride in the wagon to uh, one of the camps if uh, I would show him the way. So I did, with all intention of stealing his wagon and making my way to Barovia by myself. But he caught me, and now here we are, new friends. I have two new girlfriends. How did so? he kill you? Does it really matter? Yes, I mean, it does. I put the blade through my throat. Are you happy now? I think for a tale like that, I deserve a kiss from this one. No I give him more head scratches. Yet still, you can speak. I've got the tongue. <laughs> and ladies, he looks back and forth between both of you. My glasses Well. Why did he preserve your head? What knowledge do you have that he seeks to keep that he does? Has that already gotten from you? He's just using you as a GPS. Well, as I talking about. <laughs> what is a GPS? Uh, I don't know. Um, well, just uh, he, he simply asks me constantly where to find Vistani, how to sneak into the camps how to thwart their plans and you know I he brings me outside away from that magic barrier in that tower and he brings me outside he asks me questions uh, once I start getting irate with him 
are telling him jokes. <laughs> he shoves the box closed and takes me back inside. How recently did you last see him? Um, two days. Did he say where he was going? He was in a rush. He asked if they were visiting camps around Castle Ravenloft. I told him none that I knew of. He asked if I knew the location to a place called the Amber Temple. I told him I did not. And then he got mad at me because he thought I was lying. I was not. He shoved the box closed, and I don't know anything else from there. Ah, there's a chance that he's just gone to the temple before us, and we might be able to catch him. Oh, and he was pissed off because apparently he got burned on that wagon. Burned? He tried to open the door, and the wagon burned him. I told you. No, it wasn't a gorilla or a crocodile, but I told you we should have been messing with it. Well. He wanted to get in there pretty bad. <laughs> Do you know what's in it? <laughs> Yes, he tells me all of his secrets. Sometimes we put on pajamas and we lay in bed together and he tells me about all the things he does all day long. What his hopes and dreams are. What life was like before he killed me. Van Richten can't even get in the wagon. What makes you think we can? I'm not going to stop you, but I'm certainly not going to touch the damn wagon. Well, this is going to try. Well, second time today, Mr. Morgan, I am down with the Whisbees. And I walk up to the back of the wagon. Professor, I, I can assure you that's not as cool as you think it is. <laughs> you know, I kind of liked it. I did insinuates that he is going to take a piss. So I push my glasses close. <laughs> I take a few steps back from the wagon. I was close to it. I'm yeah. backing up. Um, I am too with the head. Lucas, like, please assist me, and my mage hand will float up. And uh, who's Lucas? He's my butler. Uh, the, the he's talking about wizard butts. I like this man. <laughs> Can we just can we just acknowledge you ask us for VPS for Vistani positioning service? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Just uh, retcon back five minutes and pretend yeah. I said that. VPS. So the mage hand will take the lock and bring it closer to me, and roll in our con check. About to get burned, girl. That was looks like a good roll for me. Twenty eight. Yeah. Hell yeah. You begin to look at this, and you can tell that there's not a magical element to this. This is there's definitely some trap here, but it's not a magical trap. Oh, it's not even a magical trap. This is mechanical. Oh, do you think Lord. it's cursed, Professor? Do I think it's cursed? Uh, no, it's just a trick. Well, she is Vistani. She has cursed people. Well, there are also Trixie in there. Uh, clearly, we are not there. Trixie. In the lo- well. You want me to take a look at it? I've been through enough tombs. I know how to disable a mechanical trap, no matter how old it is. All right. And I yeah, will um, I will attempt to disarm the the lock that is in place. Roll for it. <clears throat> that looks like a less than a stellar uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, I'm about to, like, trigger it. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, I saw the future end. There we go. It's better. better. Uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. You hear the initial click and you hear the sound of the tumbler moving in a way you didn't intend it to. It's almost as if you can see what would happen before it would happen and you quickly turn the tools the opposite direction as you hear everything right itself and the lock pops open. The door itself swings open and you see tethered to the top 10 vials of some strange alchemical potion that glows with a fire. Oof. An alchemist fire. All right, here you go. What the hell is this? I will open the wagon. You, it's open already. Oh, 
And that's all that's in it? No, Wait. that's what that's the trap you disabled was oh. the if you hadn't disabled it, ten vials of alchemist fire swing down. Oh, all from, and in, oh, all okay. from inside, destroying the wagon the and hitting everyone. I'm just going to throw this back uh, with ten d10 fire damage to anyone within thirty feet. Holy shit! Well, I certainly hope I don't drop this. You could have burned this head alive. Oh man! What do you mean, burn this head alive? No, please don't. I'm already dead. I think it would have burned it dead. I'm already dead. Very true. Uh, I'll take my head off. Well, that was a close one. Um, can I wear that hat, you know, as a head? There's not much I can wear. God, no. <laughs> well, that's rude. <laughs> I, I don't even turn <laughs> as I start looking through the wagon. And I would like to investigate the wagon. You begin to look through the wagon, and in the back, it's... Um, in the back, you don't see much. It's piles and piles of things, but you do notice a few things. A wooden trunk. Um, actually, roll an investigation check. I'll see what you find. Things are th- strewn here and there. There are chests and um, piles of fabrics and things. Um, I, Is it ten or more? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, then oh, you're yeah. good. A wooden trunk covered with claw marks that holds a battle axe, a flail, a morning star, a light crossbow, and ten silver crossbow bolts. Narrow wardrobe containing three sets of fine clothes, two sets of traveler's clothes, several pairs of shoes, a harlequin mask, and three wigs. A climber's kit, a disguise kit, a healer's kit, and a poisoner's kit. A lyre with golden strings worth about 50 gold pieces. A sculpted wooden cage holding a chicken and a silver ewer worth 100 gold pieces with five chicken eggs in it. A tiny wooden box containing a deck of Taroka cards, wrapped in silk. A set of copper pots and pans worth 50 gold pieces. Three sets of manacles. A shovel. A wooden chest containing a gold holy symbol of the Morning Lord, worth 100 gold pieces. Three vials of holy water. Three vials of perfume. Two vials of antitoxin. A 50-foot coil of hemp and rope. A tinderbox. A steel mirror. A sharpened wooden stake and a spyglass. Two spell scrolls, one of mere image and one of removed curse. A map of Barovia showing all of the locations marked on this adventure's map of Barovia. And what looked to be a handful of papers ripped out of a journal, all in Van Richten's handwriting. Yes. The papers, the, 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 the journal, and as I click the papers, I also take the spell scroll. <laughs> <laughs> what did you find? Did you find my body in I there? I didn't find anything. It's just a wagon. Oh, well, that seems like a lot of trouble to go through for a wagon. Especially one that doesn't even have any horses. What kind of shitty wagon is that? Um, I would like to very quickly read the pages, if I can. It's quick enough or short enough. It's long. Can you throw the head back inside? No, you're not going to put me away. Not when my girlfriends are here to visit. Gotta convince them. I, I gladly do it. You would not. He looks up at you. Honey, you would not put. You would never do that to me, right, beautiful? We'll be right. You are my favorite girlfriend. I never really liked the other broad. I'll keep you company. Okay. Go inside and I'll close the box. You walk inside and as he sees the arch of the door, no, no, honey, you don't. 
his mouth and his eyes immediately close as you walk into the um, the anti magic shield that is around this tower. Um, and the door is still open. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll just place him like right inside the door, and I'll just like lean up against the door while it's still open, listening to him, but keeping okay. an eye on the chest. I found some pages in Van Richten's handwriting, torn from a journal. I will read them to you now. Here's your copy. Oh, oh, I'm not going to read it in... Oh, no, I will read it in his voice. Yes, of course. For more than three decades now, I have undertaken to investigate and expose creatures of darkness, the purifying light of truth and knowledge. Hero, I am named in some circles. Sage and master hunter, I am called in others. That I have survived countless supernatural assaults is seen as a marvel among my peers. My name is spoken with fear and loathing among my foes. In truth... This virtuous calling began as an obsessive effort to destroy a vampire that murdered my child, and it has become for me as a tedious and bleak career. Even as my life of hunting monsters began, I felt the weight of time on my weary shoulders. Today I'm a man who has simply lived too long. Like a regretful lich, I find myself inexorably bound to an existence I sought out of madness, and seemingly must now endure for all eternity. Of course, I shall die. But whether I shall ever rest in my grave haunts my idle thoughts and torments me in my dreams. I expect that those who think me a hero will change their minds when they know the whole truth about my life as a hunter of the unnatural. Nevertheless, I must reveal, here and now, that I have been the indirect yet certain cause of many deaths and the loss of many good friends. Mistake me not, do not merely feel, feel sorry for myself. Rather, I come to grips with the devastating realization I now see that I am the object of a baleful Vistani curse. More tragically, the nature of this hex is such that I have not borne the brunt of it. Instead, far worse, those who surround me have fallen victim to it. I have related the tragic story of how my only child, Erasmus, was taken by Vistani and sold to a vampire. I explain how Erasmus was made a minion of the Night Stalker, and how it was my miserable part to free him from that fate at the point of the stake. What I have neglected to illuminate before is how I tracked Erasmus's kidnappers across the land, or how I extracted Erasmus's whereabouts from them. In fact, the Vistani took Erasmus with my own unwitting permission. They had brought an extremely ill member of their tribe to me one evening and insisted that I treat him, but I was unable to save the young man's life. I fear in their retribution. I begged the Vistani to take anything of mine if only they would withhold their terrifying powers, of which I knew nothing. To my everlasting astonishment, they chose to surreptitiously, surreptitiously take my son in exchange for their loss. By the time I realized what had occurred, they were already an hour gone. Incensed beyond reason, I strapped the body of the dead young man to my horse and doggedly followed the Vistani caravan through the woods, naively allowing the sun to set before me without seeking shelter from the night. Shortly after darkness fell, I was beset by undead, which ripped me from my horse. Had some not been distracted by the freshly deceased boy, I would surely have overwhelmed me. As it was, I was barely able, I barely escaped and became lost in the woods. By the time I reached civilization and returned in pursuit of this Vistani, there was no trace of their caravan. Three years of tracking, interrogation, and I barely survived, and barely survived encounters with monsters and men, and I was no closer to finding my son. It seemed that every time I found myself closer to answers, I'd be thrown off by ghouls or a pack of risen dead where it made no sense for them to be. 
It was during those days that I made an abandoned tower my home, using it as a base for many forays into the neighboring areas. I recognized the two perfect coincidences of undead blocking my way and began to change tactics, where at first I ran headlong into ambushes at the first hint of information. Over time, I started anticipating their attacks, and I began to lie in wait. One evening, I returned to the tower to find my heavily trapped front door disarmed and unlocked. Entering with my weapon drawn and a flask of holy water in hand, I found a young woman lounging at my desk with one of my books in hand. Her name was Esmeralda. She had fiery red hair which matched her temperament, and worn clothes which belied a sharp wit and noble countenance. She had a beautiful face which tugged at the edges of my memory, but I was certain I had never seen before. With barely a word of introduction, she spun a tale of tragedy and revenge, her family slaughtered by undead and her desire to hunt them down. While the story was well rehearsed, I had interrogated too many people not to sense the lies. I did not expose the story, however, though even now I am not sure why. In part, perhaps, because my very existence focused upon finding my son and killing the monster that stood in my way. Any help was welcome. And in part, perhaps, because I had become so isolated that the idea of a human companion, even one who I could not trust, was too precious to let go. It would have been far better if I had just run her off but I did not. The next year, she joined me on my adventures, and gradually I revealed more of my story to her. The sympathy she showed me was deeper and more personal than expected, which I erroneously assumed was because mine closely resembled her story. One evening, after a far too close encounter with a pack of ghouls, the truth came out. I was bandaging her arm, where a claw had caught her in the melee. Standing close as I was to her, I could see the roots of her hair, much darker than the fiery red of the rest. Suddenly, the pieces started to fall together as I looked at her face and knew who she resembled, the black-haired Vistani witch whose son I failed to heal, at whose feet I begged for my safety, at whose feet I offered my son. Recoiling back from Esmeralda, my lips curled in a snarl of fury and self-loathing as I recalled my failures. Esmeralda jumped to her feet, a look of confusion on her face, which slowly turned to realization. As she looked me in the eyes, I knew... She was too young to be the Vistani woman, a daughter, a niece, perhaps. I drew the sword from my cane and pointed at her midsection, demanding answers, some primal rage inside me goading me to run her through. She sank back into the chair with a look of sadness on her face and spoke. She was there that night when they took my son. Always quick to question, she had voiced dissent and had been silenced by her mother. A few days later, they had given my son to a messenger of some sort. She didn't know who he was or where he took my son. Of the next several years, similar occurrences became more frequent. Children stolen from homes or sold by their parents, always passed along to men who appeared in the night and were gone in the morn. Angry mobs or individual peasants that followed the caravan, tried to rescue the children, or seek revenge met timely hordes of zombies or packs of ghouls. Esmeralda was the only one to openly defy her mother, the only one to speak out against the kidnappings and trades, and thus beca became distrusted by the rest of the caravan. She was kept well away from the children and the messengers. She overheard quiet conversations about vampires and obligation, but such conversations were quickly cut short when she was noticed. Eventually, she decided to leave the caravan, unsure of what to do but holding a growing hatred for undead and whoever was orchestrating the charade. She went in search of allies. She dyed her hair and discarded her Vistani garb. Following tales of my exploits, she sought me out, only then realizing that I was the father of the first child her family had stolen. I was where it had all begun. 
After that realization, she was unsure of what to do or how to reveal her part in my tragedy. I stood in silence, sword still drawn during her tale, listening intently for any hint of a lie, any excuse to kill her and temper my desire for vengeance. But her words rang true. Certainly she was hiding things, but nothing that she said was a lie. It seemed my vengeance would best be carried out elsewhere. I demanded that she lead me to her caravan. She readily agreed. She told me she would be by my side and do whatever it took to find my son, that I was more family to her than the Vistani. I barely heard her. We set off at a grueling pace, running our horses into the ground and buying new ones at each, pa at each passing village and city. It took a month of searching and questions for her to track down the caravan, even knowing the normal route. During the whole journey, I said, a I said barely a word outside of battering or making demands where necessary. She tried to speak to me most nights, but my mind was trapped in a cage of revenge and self-loathing. Eventually, she stopped trying, and the silence echoed through my head in the night as I lay trying to sleep. Then we found them. Camped in a copse at a quarter mile from the main road, they seemed, to, they seemed at ease. It seemed that they weren't, on, they weren't yet on the run from a new conquest and were enjoying their reprieve. We watched them from the woods until evening. Most were gathered around a fire, listening to a large man tell stories while two cook, while two took turns stirring a stew that sat over a smaller cooking fire. There were no guards posted. It was trivial for us to sleep and slip into the camp. I poisoned the stew while Esmeralda took care of the ale. Chatterroot was what the man called it. I don't know its true name. It was a plant that paralyzed the body from the neck down, caused little or no lasting harm. I had a small patch of it growing atop my tower and had been using it for years. It was perfect for interrogation. The poisoning went almost too well. Within hours, everyone in the camp was lolled over on their back, shouting to each other in panicked voices but unable to move a muscle. I approached the largest tent draped with colorfully embroidered cloth and bubbles. With each step, my anticipation built, fueling a renewed rage as I slashed the drapes from the front of the tent. And there she was, that Vistoni bitch who took my son. Less regal and demanding now, she was half-fallen out of a chair with stew spilled down her front. Her eyes lit with a panic as she recognized my face, and slurred, slurred words bubbled from her mouth. She was lighter than I expected as I picked her up and threw her on the floor. In the center of the room, my blade out of the cane and into her shoulder before she hit the floor. The most painful part of the drug was that the victim could still feel pain. She screamed as my blade pulled roughly from her shoulder and dragged a shallow gash down the front, her already in unintelligible utterances now stained by an ugly realization that she was going to die here. Dropping my sword and unsheathing a flat skinning knife, stomach with my hand against her neck and demanded answers. The question hadn't changed in all these years. Where was my son? Esmeralda stood at the entrance, one hand full of the bright tense cloth, the other clenching her rapier. I got the answers I sought. My son and many others had been given to a vampire, a barren metis. Whether they were sold or were traded or a gift, I could not tell. As she grew steadily more unintelligible, his location, however, I did obtain. Raising my knife to be done with the task, a voice spoke with a surprising decree of clarity. I ha it had a cadence to it, almost as if she were reciting a poem. <clears throat> Lift you always among monsters and see everyone you love die beneath their claws. The final flick of the knife, her noises stopped and I stood up, facing Esmeralda. She'd pulled herself together, 
more so than I. She had a grim set to her jaw and a determined look in her eyes that I recognized. What now? she asked, sword still gripped in her hand. I should have told her that we were leaving, that we were going after my son, but I did not. Instead, I strode off in the direction of the campfire, the rage a dull throb behind my eyes. My blade took the first through his open mouth as he tried to scream. Turning to the next, I was surprised as a rapier punctured through his chest a moment before my blade reached him. Esmeralda stood by my side, but did not meet my eyes, as she stepped towards the next with a raised arm. The Vistani are a very long-lived people, and seldom have children. There were only two in the camp. The camp was a fiery blaze in the night as we rode away to the crackle and pop of ancient trees catching fire. The smell of old oak blended with the acrid scent of burning dyed cloth and the sweet scent of cooked flesh. We never spoke of that night. We rode for the Baron's estate at a breakneck pace. In my mind, I felt that everything would be justified if I could only save my son. Alas, such sins are not so easily forgiven. Esmeralda accompanied me to the Baron, where I found my son Erasmus, made into a vampire, a consort for the Baron. He begged me to end his curse, which I did with a heavy heart. I wept, until an insatiable desire for vengeance filled the bottomless, bottomless rift in my heart. We hunted the Baron, like wolves run down a rabbit, right back to his lair. He led us to the rest of his consorts, adults and children. All turned. They fell like grain before a scythe only a few even attempting to fight back. Some managed to escape, but most welcomed their end. I tracked down those that ran at first. Then I went and searched for servants of the Baron, then allies. There always seemed to be a good reason to continue the hunt, another monster in need of its end. Esmeralda stayed by my side. Though our relationship never returned to what it was, nightmares began to haunt her. She screamed out like a child witnessing the death of her parents. It was a choice she had made, but somewhere in her heart a part of her blamed me for their fate. She tried to hide it, <clears throat> not knowing she called out like a wounded babe in the dead of the night. I tried to drive her away many times. I, it seemed, could not leave the hunt, but surely she mustn't continue to suffer for my failures. Eventually she did leave, but somehow it seems a vain hope to believe that she found her way clear of the business. No, it is all she knows. It is all I ever taught her. And that is where we'll end the session. Jesus. Oh my god. It seems as if the legendary Rudolf van Richten is not everything he appears, and has demons of his own. Don't we all? But no matter what he has done, I am certain that our heroes believe he can be redeemed. After all, if a fallen angel who has crafted abominations beyond mortal comprehension can be saved and the light of morning return to Barovia, anything is possible. I do find it strange that our heroes seem to trust this strange Vistani head in a box. Will he lead them to answers or to certain doom? We shall find out in Chapter 10 of Curse of Stradania, End of All Hope. In the meantime, if you wish to watch Legends of Aventris tell similar stories of Dungeons & Dragons every week, you can follow us on Twitch. You can also enjoy our mini-campaigns on YouTube, support us on Patreon, and join our community on Discord. All links are in the show notes. We welcome you to our Aventris family.